Welcome to the Tej Talks podcast. Forget the property celebrities. We speak to relatable people with fascinating journeys, just like you. Hosted by Tej Singh, we bring you new stories, life-changing deals, and expert advice every week. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another special Monday episode. This one's actually pretty cool because I'm being interviewed, so I'm the interviewee. Uh, It's by Rob Smallbone, who's from the Property Nomads podcast. Check out their podcast. Some really, really interesting guests on there. They've got quite a nice little uh, mini-series at the moment with some cool guests on. Not just property, but there's a bit about travel, about mindset, um, and a few different things. So go check them out, the Property Nomads. So I just got the audio from that. So you're going to hear Rob sort of introduce this and, and lead the interview. So if you ever wanted to find out more about me or kind of my views on the world and mindset and things like that, then, well, this is the episode for you. And uh, while I've got your attention, hopefully, unless you've skipped this, just some great news from Ted Talks. I have had 45,000 listens on the podcast uh, after about six months, and it's across 72 countries. I uh, posted that on Instagram. If you're not following, get following. It's Tej.talks. So yeah, some really interesting stats. And look, thank you. Yeah, you. Yes, you who's listening right now at whatever time, wherever this is, because, you know, this show is for you. And I hope you're taking value. As usual, please do leave a review on iTunes or the podcast app. Scroll right down to the bottom of the main Tej Talks page and it'll say write review. Uh, If you're on Android, best thing to do is go on Facebook and the Tej Talks podcast page. Like it, click review on the left and leave me your thoughts. Welcome to this next episode in the Property Nomads podcast, this mini series of talking to successful people in property. I'm delighted to be joined by Tej Singh today. Tej, pleasure to have you on the show. It's my pleasure, Rob, honestly. You know, you just came on my podcast, so I'm really looking forward to, to being interviewed now. Yeah, well, actually, we'll put a link to that in the show notes, thinking about it, to Tej Talks, because you do have a successful podcast yourself. Now, normally, I would do the intro uh, about our guest, but uh, just to mix it up a little bit, Tej, feel free. Yeah, so I feel like I'm at a networking event. I've been, you know, standing up and kind of doing my elevator pitch. <laughs> so I, you know, by day or by trade, I am a recruitment consultant. I have my own business and I also kind of contract with some companies because, you know, as you might know, we're working from home alone for a year and a half just drove me crazy. I'm, I'm kind of like too young. I haven't I haven't been there, done that. So started contracting, still have my recruitment business. Um, I'm a property investor. I love kind of being creative, social media, marketing, branding. So I help people in recruitment and a few people in property um, with their kind of social media branding. And I'm kind of launching a few initiatives like a a publication on Medium to really kind of push that and and make that better. I guess I'm a vlogger of some sorts. I don't know how many people care about my videos (laughs) and my my green curtains from the 90s. But yeah, I guess in a nutshell, that is is me. I'm doing quite a few different things. I have to point out before we get really into the property aspect bangra yes sir you are quite a successful uh, bangra <laughs> dancer i don't know if that's quite the right terminology but t- tell us a little bit more about your successes that you've had in, in bangra absolutely so um bangra as it said like more, more traditionally um which is quite hard to pronounce because it's a b and a h and you kind of think how do you say that so it's kind of like <laughs> a, a a p and a h um it's a traditional folk dance that originates from punjab for i don't know how old it is but it's it's fairly old and it was kind of traditionally done to celebrate the harvest in punjab and i've been doing it for ooh, how long now i think about 
four or five years i've i've kind of gone to various competitions i've i've never won a competition yet i've kind of maybe won some personal accolades and and been kind of you know received praise but the one time i didn't dance the one time i was kind of injured we won so i i don't know if that's a reflection on my skill or if it was just luck but you know what there's so much you can learn from bhangra and from any kind of competitive physical activity i mean we're dancing barefoot on wooden or concrete floor we are dancing for 10 minutes straight we have to smile the whole time the outfits are heavy and you get pretty sweaty the stage lights are really really hot and we practice for ooh 3 months like you know anywhere between 3 to like ooh, 15 hours a week and you know you can imagine you've got all of this 3 months of pressure and you have to perform in 10 minutes it's like oh wow it, it kind of there's no second chances and that's really harsh and so you know i think it's developed a lot of skills in me a lot of kind of things that i use in everyday life without really realizing they're from bangra also note that you are ranked the second best dancer in the uk is that correct i was back in my youth a couple of years ago one of the judges came to me afterwards and said look you know we wanted to put you first but we you know we kind of all spoke about it and and, and you turned out to be second and i was like wow because that was probably my I think it was my second year dancing it was a university competition the Bangla showdown so it's one of the biggest in the world if not the biggest in the world and it was great because yeah it's it's not first place and there's there's only one winner but for someone who didn't expect that I was kind of like wow okay I'll I'll roll with second place like happy days no fair fair play to that congratulations that's a that's a, a phenomenal achievement and looking at what you've achieved in as again f- forgive my pronunciation uh, Bangla <laughs> Uh, that's the best that I'll be able to do I think <laughs> on it what lessons have you taken from that into property absolutely so i think the main one is to keep going no matter what the adversity is and that kind of relates to stoicism or being stoic which i you know we'll kind of get to later like i said we're practicing and a lot of the people in my team are from india so there's a different mindset and mentality and traditional way of learning and teaching and being british born and anyone who is british born would probably find it quite harsh but it's normal it's totally normal it's it's nothing kind of rude or anything but it's just a way that is quite different to what we expect and how we learn at you know university for example so you know staying strong and stoic in the face of adversity is the number one thing like your feet kill your your joints hurt your bones hurt like you know i go to the gym i exercise but your your joints and your bones don't really kind of get punished but Bangra just destroys them day in day out. And so for me, you know, kind of having that that smile, that 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 literal physical smile no matter what your body was feeling has taught me actually in property you're going to make offers, you're going to meet vendors, you're going to waste hours of time, you're going to spend money and things are going to drop out. But actually, it's how you react to it and it's it's a case of you know what, the best is yet to come. I think there's a saying the the more you sweat in practice the less you bleed in battle and we kind of use that when we dance and that for me is the most important lesson i think there's a few others um you know such as like when you love something so much and you're so passionate about it you will push your body you'll push your mind you'll do everything you can you'll sacrifice time for this one thing you know for example coming home from work getting home at 7 not eating and i like to eat get in get into practice there till 10 11 because because we're indian and we can never be efficient with our time we just we just keep going getting home eating 
sleeping, getting up six hours later for work, rinse, repeat four or five times a week. Like that is killer. And if you don't love it and you don't have a passion for it, you're not going to be able to do that. Right. So when you find that passion, you won't necessarily worry about the hours, the time you put in. When you find that passion, you'll be able to do whatever it is for however long it is and face whatever hardships because you love it. And it sounds cheesy, but you know, you can, I think it was Jim Carrey said you can fail at something you don't like. So why not kind of jump in and do something you do like, right? So when you find something you love, it will be easy or easier to kind of continue and carry on and go through adversity because you love it. So let your passion drive you because it's, it's underrated, um, especially in the rat race and when you kind of have a nine to five, but wow, once you find it, like nothing stops you. You briefly touched on stoicism there. Actually, the first person apart from myself that I know that has actively mentioned the word. Do you have any, I mean, one of the key thing I take away from stoicism is um, I think it, this should have come from Marcus Aurelius's meditations is anything that happens in the life is objective. Yet our reactions are subjective. That's a crucial thing. If you can get your head around that um, and train your your mind and your brain to think of just just that one phrase, you know, that will put you in good stead moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think I think Epictetus said it similarly. He said, you know, it's not what happens to you, it's how you react to it. And I think Shakespeare also said it and said nothing is good or bad, but thinking makes it so. And, you know, I'm not like a huge quote person. I do like them because they make you think and reflect, but the one about perception is just incredible um, because it's so true. Like whatever happens to you is objective. You know, Rob, you and me, the same thing could happen to us in property. We could secure the same property, same price, rent it out for the same amount. But I could be so irritated and think I didn't get the right deal and not getting enough cash flow. But you could be, you know, cloud nine, loving it, making cash for happy days. And that's a really kind of basic, basic example. But I think it just highlights that when something happens, right, like, and I'm going to ignore death and, you know, big sort of family issues. I'm going to talk about kind of more day-to-day things and business occurrences. Now, when something happens, you have a choice as to how to feel to that. And you know what? It it takes ages to actually put this into action because naturally speaking, a car cuts me off. I'm angry. Going to swear at him, you know, idiot. And that's true. They are an idiot for doing that. But as you kind of become more aware and you take a deep breath and you realise that what you're saying is based on, you know, for me, the past 25 years of experience and assumptions and bias and upbringing, you know, as you kind of put that gap in between the stimulus and the response, you start to think, hold on a minute, why am I I getting angry about this? Because yes, they are an idiot, but, you know, me getting angry, me releasing cortisol into my body, me scrunching my face, like, that's not going to help. And when it comes to business, you know, you view 100 properties, you offer on 20, 19 get rejected. Some people would say, you know, that's a waste of my time, 100 properties. Someone else who's maybe more stoic would say, you know what? I learned a lot from those 100 viewings. And the fact that 19 got rejected just means that it wasn't the right time for me and that property or, you know, the deal just wouldn't work. And that kind of stoic mentality means that that same person will go and do 100 viewings next week, whereas the stoic person wouldn't. So to me, that quote that you said, and I, and I had a feeling you would say that particular quote, just really, really is the foundation of what I believe kind of stoicism is. And I think it's so important. Look, everyone has their different views. You can you can have a kind of Buddhist view of things. You can have your own religion view of things. You can have a mindfulness thing. But I think 
stoicism is super super important and the meditations by Aurelius are great you've got Ryan Holiday obstacle is the way ego is the enemy which for men in particular because of the egos that we have is is probably one of the best books I've ever read hands down and it it honestly shifted my mindset after reading it one time so that's my abridged version on stoicism I could talk for hours on it <laughs> we'll have to have another podcast on, on stoicism and the uh, the effects of and yeah to be honest you mentioned uh, ego is the enemy by ryan halliday ryan holiday i forgot what what his surname exactly is but yeah that's a that's a fantastic book and you're absolutely right because sometimes and it's you know, it might sound i don't know i don't take this as misogynistic for any females that are listening but yeah it, it is more of a male trait um i would say if you're if you're male and you've got an issue with ego to go and check that book out um also uh, letters from a stoic um, by seneca really really good as well that's more detailed um some of his writings are, are fantastic so wow and just quickly to, to be really cheeky on that i am um, so obviously i talk about stoicism a lot this author i forgot his name i think it's like jonas sal something he just emailed me out the blue and said love your video about um ryan holiday's books i want to send you my book on stoicism free it's got two thousand reviews and it's like a bestseller and i was like oh okay so just a message if you love something talk about it and you might get free stuff good times yeah, good times I, I like that that's absolutely fantastic <laughs> in, in terms of you know stoic beliefs and how that's helped you obviously you've just gone into that with your teaching background with your the background that you have what was there almost like a, a eureka moment of oh my god i need to get into property so i was working in pharmaceuticals in kind of it's called medical education it, it's not marketing per se but it's it's close to it. And that's where my love for, for marketing started. And obviously we'll, we'll get to that at some point. And then essentially I changed jobs, got almost like a 40% pay rise, which is just not really normal. Didn't like it, hated the culture. Three months in, walked downstairs into HR office. Sorry, we're letting you go. Didn't really give me a reason. Just said, you know, you're not performing as what we expected. And I'm not even going to lie, in the interview, I blew their socks off. I was giving them the sauce. Like, <laughs> I was I was killing it. I'm not even going to lie. And then I, I didn't deliver because, long story short, I read a book by Ben Goldacre called Bad, I think it's Bad Farmer, and it kind of an insight into the industry and how unethical and money-hungry it can be. I kind of lost faith in it, really didn't perform, got fired. And it was a liberating day. I, I, I kind of was happy you know I had to get all my shoes from under the desk I had to get all my my lunch boxes and kind of trudge home and that was that was the only sad part of it but I got home and then realized I have an Indian mother and I was like okay I have to tell her I've just been fired from like my second job that took me you know months and months to get okay let's <laughs> let's see how this is gonna work and that was okay I just got a blank face which is often worse than words and then you know from there I, I kind of said, you know what, what kind of job is going to give me what I put in, what I get out of it is what I put in. A friend had a recruitment company called Bauer. He's been a bit of a mentor to this day. I still work with him. And he kind of said, you know, check out recruitment. It's, it's very much the hours and time you put in, you get back. I had no clue that recruiters were hated. I had no clue that it was like a thing that recruiters are just bad. You know, a lot of them are, but a lot of them aren't. And I got into that, started that business, but... To be honest, once I started it, I kind of, at some point along the way, I think it was Grand Designs and Amazing Spaces, which I love. I just adore the designs. I, I said to myself, you know what? I, I kind of think I'm in this recruitment thing to save up enough money to get into property. And I kind of didn't, I guess I didn't act on it. And then 
somewhere over those two years, I kind of lost faith in recruitment, didn't enjoy it. You know, working from home, like I said before, just drove me crazy. And then, you know, I had months. Recruitment's one of those things where, you, you know, you can make between five to 50 grand a month. Not easily, but I'll tell you what, it's low barrier to entry. If you're a hard worker and you're emotionally resilient, it's a very under rated industry to make a lot of money very quickly you know people say deal packaging is great you know but actually the ones i've spoken to and on my podcast it takes one two three four five six months to actually get the money recruitment you can probably make 10 grand in two months and i can probably teach you how to do it for free um so it was going well i had a few months where you know what i just didn't make money but i was sitting on my desk every day and i don't know if you've ever, if you've ever had that rob but you're just sitting there and you think you're working, but then you're like, huh, well, the bank balance hasn't changed, so you ain't doing shit, are you, Tej? Um, so I went through that period, and the whole time I was like, you know what? It's got to be for something bigger than what I'm doing. And I love people, and actually, and this is something I don't think I've ever said before, so this is an exclusive on the Nomads podcast, so you're ready for this. Born ready. I basically started not liking people, and I started really thinking everyone has an agenda and is a snake oil seller and is out to get you and you can't trust anyone and you can't work with them and I just don't want to have a team around me because humans are just dicks and recruitment and working from home alone brought that out in me so fast forward me being this this idiot I'm looking back on now because right now I love people and I love meeting new people I went to this um this what's it called like a not a seminar, but it was like a show at the London XL, the London Landlords Meet or something like that. It's huge. like It's a proper big kind of show. I think I think Mr. Grant Cardone was actually next door to it when I went to it, funnily enough, um, for anyone who likes him. So I went to this event. I think I'd been listening to the Progressive Property Podcast before with um, with Peter Jones on it. So went to one of their speaks, their, their talk, sorry. They were giving out free books with a free ticket to the masterclass. And I just thought, oh, you know what? I've literally never won anything in my life. Give me the book. Like, let me get out of here. Right? I just want the free book. I'm saving five quid. I'm happy. Got the book, got home and there was a ticket. And I was like, what? This is a sign. I don't believe in signs from the universe and the gods, but I thought, okay, maybe this is the right time to speed up my, my kind of progression to property. And this would have been in, I want to say it was just before March or maybe a bit earlier. And then I went to the masterclass, um, four days at the masterclass, met loads of people who I'm really, really good friends with. And before I end this little story, I have to give a shout out to Aaron Dew, who people may know from Facebook, because I had been speaking to him before the event, just because he was on Facebook. He was in Birmingham and I was like, oh, let's let's chat. And I go to the event and he's crewing, which means you kind of come back and you help out and you serve tea and stuff and you, and you kind of just learn more. And he said something to me, he said, Tej, and bearing in mind, this is one of the first things he ever said to me in real life, didn't necessarily know each other. He said, Tej, these guys are going to tell you things that you think that's not possible. Pro-. You know, who's going to give you money for, for a percentage return? How are you going to get houses where you get a bit of your money out? How are you going to do all these crazy things that they're telling you? And he said, Tej, listen, let go of any assumptions or any barriers you have just for these four days. Just promise me that you will just be open and you, and you'll kind of receive this and at this point i was still that dick who didn't like people didn't believe things was very pessimistic it's not a bad thing to be pessimistic but i was and i have to shout out to him because he in that one sentence he he almost changed 
who I was as a person and, and brought back the old Tedge. So like huge shout out to him because I did that. I listened, took it all in, no pessimism, nothing. And I went away from that. And I guess that was the the moment or the the kind of impetus for me to say, you know what, let's let's do property. Yeah, I'll give a shout out to Aaron, Aaron as well. He's absolutely fantastic. I met him on a, a master class as well, uh, funnily enough. Really, really solid guy doing fantastic things in, in Birmingham and the I'm just I've really insulted everyone by saying difference between north and south on this podcast. So I'm just going to say Midlands and just yep, tie everyone with the same brush. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, go go check him out on Facebook. Go and connect to him. That's A R E N and then D E U, I believe. Um, it's how you spell his name. That's Ted. I mean, that's that's fantastic to know. That sounds like quite an up and down experience that you've had. You then went on to, you know, did the master classes. You said, and from that you've changed, you got back into liking people, which is fantastic. So bar building your own portfolio as on the side as well. What gave you the idea to set up Tej Talks? And by the way, for listeners of the Nomads podcast, go and check out Tej Talks. We'll put a link in the show notes. Fantastic podcast. What gave you the idea in the first place to, to go and set up? Mm, thanks. Noah. I really appreciate that. And what I saw in the market, and I guess what I saw in the masterclass was learning from people who are a lot older than me and that's not a problem because they have way more life experience than me the problem I kind of saw was that and and you know I was new into it so my my vision was very kind of narrow you know I didn't know there were all these podcasts all these blo- I had no clue so I did no competitive research either which I would not recommend and I kind of thought these people have, have made money you know when mortgages were 100% when it was same day refinance when it was a, when it was a joke um, and it was kind of a lot easier to do and now what I'm seeing is they are outsourcing a lot of things. They're leveraging a lot of things, which is which is great because that is the aim. But I just thought there's no one relatable. And me and my friend Joshua Asquith, who again, absolute legend, um, nicest guy you'll ever meet. And he's in the north in Manchester. I believe that is the firm north. Um, we'll have to check. Um, <laughs> I'd agree with you on that. Sure. <laughs> Good. And then we kind of looked at each other and, and kind of spoke to each other and said... There's no one like us doing it. I think he's like 22 or something. I'm 25. We kind of thought, surely there's got to be people like us kind of doing it, just, just you know, chugging along, making it work. And and so I thought, let's do it. I mean, I had a podcast before called Ted Talks Diversity, which is kind of more of a recruitment one, you know, speaking to people from diverse backgrounds and saying, hey, you know, how is your family, your culture, how has growing up in, in this part of the world affected you and made your company what it is today? And that was going fairly well. So I knew what to do in terms of editing, in terms of, you know, marketing. I always kind of knew. So I thought, let's just do it in property. I didn't really have a, a clue as such. I didn't look at competitors or, you know, they're not competitors to me. You know, I just use that term in a business sense, but just other people in the industry that I could have maybe even collaborated with or learned from. I just, I don't know. I've got a habit of doing this and then looking back and then telling others, oh yeah, make sure you do your analysis. <laughs> even though I never do it myself. Um, Maybe it's a blessing because I, I took action, like you, you know, like you always say. And yeah, I did it. And I thought, you know what? I I like talking. I like listening. I like the colour yellow. Um, I like branding. And it'd be a good way to give people what I didn't have access to, which is learning from relatable people on the ground, doing it right now with the current mortgage, lending, Brexit, tenant fee ban, et cetera, et cetera as opposed to people who've done it before, you know, people like you and me who are going through the struggle and who are kind of getting there. Because, you know, and this is not anything to do with Progressive or any course in particular, but generally courses have a 
a tendency and a reputation to make things sound easier than they are. And I kind of wanted to show people the, the realism of it. You know, like the people on my podcast, I always push them and say, okay, what was the biggest challenge? You know, like, like I said to you, you know, what was the, the hardest deal you had? You know, when did you feel like quitting? Because yes, the upside is incredible, but like, let, let's talk about the downside because that's where most people give up. So that's why I, I started TED Talks, really. Yeah, and you, you, you hit on a, a very key point there about giving up and it's very easy not just property you know it's anything you're doing if you're trying to lose x amount of pounds or you're trying to you know get yourself that summer body or you know whatever it is you're looking to achieve there's always going to be a point where you're going to want to or you feel like giving up um but it's knowing that knowing your why knowing why you're doing something so why are you wanting to achieve your summer body why are you looking to buy you know, 10 buy to lets in your first year and, you know, why are you looking to move on to, you know, HMO conversions and developments and so forth? If you have a strong enough why, oh, is it Friedrich? Friedrich Nietzsche, I think. He's a German philosopher, I think, uh, and I'm, I'm going to paraphrase this. He who has a strong enough why can conquer any how. Love it. So that might be paraphrased, but if you've got that strong enough why, any obstacles, whereas run. You know, Halliday says the obstacle is the way. There's always going to mm. be a way around an obstacle or just barge through the obstacle. You know, these things shouldn't put you off. And they shouldn't put you off as a property investor, any of the listeners off myself. You know, they shouldn't put all of, any of us off as, as investors. So moving forward then, again, the, the concept of the podcast is fantastic. And you're absolutely right. It's very easy to attend seminars, attend courses, and you you almost get sold on the emotions of this is what your life will be like. And you know, there's nothing wrong with that. That's absolutely fine. But most people I speak to, most people I assume you speak to as well, when they get into the nooks and crannies of it, do you find that people start to struggle quite easily because of you know these false perceptions or these perceptions that they're given from others? Yeah, absolutely. I think that goes across any business. You know, you, you go on Instagram you type in hashtag hustle, the, the most famous hashtag of all entrepreneurial, <laughs> especially in, in America. And what do you get? You get Lamborghinis. You get 17-year-olds with, with cash throwing it up in the air. You get uh, P. Diddy dancing in his, uh, you know, 30 grand um, T-shirt. You get, you know, all these people who are 20 years ahead of you. You get type in hashtag gym, hashtag muscle. You get huge people, men and women who are, again, X many years, X many hours ahead of you. But you don't see that because you've typed in the tag and this is what comes up. And you know, in our kind of Insta, our Instagram, our instant gratification world, you see that and you say, well, that's what came up with the tag. That's what hashtag gym is. That's what hashtag hustle is. Why am I not that? Why is that not me right now? And, and you kind of forget, yeah, you're seeing them when they're hench, when they're strong. You're seeing them when they've got the Lamborghini. You're not seeing them in their mum's basement, in their vest, stained, sleeping on the floor, hustling and pushing for X many years. You're not seeing the, the kind of internal turmoil and the effects on their mental health that this journey has had. You're not seeing the dislocated shoulder that they had to be able to shoulder press 50 kg. And I, I think it's twofold. People don't look for that because well, I'd rather look at a muscular person than a not. You know, I'd rather look at the end goal because it's prettier. I'd rather look at a Lamborghini than a Nissan Micra. But hell, I'm have to start with a Nissan Micra to get the Lamborghini. But people don't want to look at that firstly. And secondly, influencers, because they get paid so much, and pff, I'm not here to blame them or not blame them, 
they don't necessarily show that because a lot of people aren't looking for it. So it's a vicious circle. But I think we're really moving to a, a world of more authenticity marketing where people want to see the journey. And I, and I speak to new property investors and they always say, you know, Ted, like social media, what can I post? I'm new. Like I'm, I'm just viewing. I'm just, and I say, what you're just viewing. And you're not just viewing because, you know, imagine me four months ago. Imagine Rob three years ago. Imagine this person or imagine you know you a week ago there is always someone sort of behind you as such who wants to see what you're doing and so because of that the kind of social media is changing to show people the authenticity and the journey that it takes to reach that end goal um and you said something really interesting there you said people get caught up in the kind of little details and like a hundred percent you know and i always say kind of like step back take a deep breath go for a walk focus on the bigger picture damn it, this week you did 90, not 135.79 viewings on your KPIs. Okay, that, that's cool. You're heading in the right direction. You didn't do one viewing and, and watch Narcos on Netflix all week. Like you're doing something, you're in the right direction. So like 100%, don't get caught on that. Those little kind of bits and bobs, they are important. You know, if you're reading searches, if you're, if you're reading legals for your property, please get caught up in those details. But when you're progressing as a human, have KPIs, have targets, but just step back and say, I'm in the right direction. You know, my friend Shabazz always says, have that that belief in yourself that cannot be destroyed, that self-belief that you are going to achieve whatever you want to achieve, whenever you want to achieve it, however you want to achieve it, and you're heading in the right direction. And limits only exist in the mind at the end of the day, they exist in, you know, what's upstairs. In terms of what you just said then, one thing I love, and it's like, Again, I know it's a podcast, you might be driving thinking, you know, you're trying to paint a picture in my head, but we, we have pretty much all seen the following two things. You've got the two, the two guys that are digging underground uh, and they're very close to the diamonds and one's kind of, you know, turned around and gone home and the other one's, he, he's digging and he's inches away, but he doesn't realise he's inches away. So that goes with what you're saying about you've got to keep moving forward, you've got to keep going, you've got to put one foot in front of the other. Uh, and then you've got that iceberg in the water where you can just see the tip of the iceberg which is success and then it's all that shite underneath it you know underneath the water the as you say you know it being in the basement in the vest uh, you know sleeping on the floor and that's what people don't see and i'm with you i think more people do want to see that people want to be able to you know talk to you know yourself myself you know matt my business partner you know to find out these sort of more realistic stories and yeah, yeah sometimes it, it don't know it's, it's all just a bit of a, a bit of a challenge depending on what way you perceive things in all fairness so yeah no great great examples um ted in terms of moving forward you're doing really well great podcasts you know you're building your portfolios we've touched upon as well but you've also part of a, an unofficial mastermind group do you mind telling us a bit more about that group and the benefits of being in a mastermind group absolutely and, and you know what? as you, as you said that i had a huge smile on my face and, and and that in itself should kind of you know give to the listeners and, and paint a picture of how i feel about this mastermind group now so i met aaron aaron at the progressive property thing and kind of spoke to him on facebook i met hardeep because so i'm just going through the members now i met hardeep at well i actually tried to recruit him for a job because he used to be a recruiter <laughs> like a year ago and then we connected on Facebook and I was like, I recognize you. You were the difficult one. I tried to head down, weren't you? I was like, oh, typical. So then kind of knew him. Shabazz, 
I went to a Sue Sims property event prop, uh, and Adam Lawrence's event in Birmingham, uh, Partners in Property. I saw him, really interesting guy, didn't speak to him, stalked him on Facebook afterwards and thought, let's have a chat. Got to know him. And then Sunny Mahal is, is Mr. Sunshine. He's, he is the sunshine. He's everywhere on Facebook. You can't miss him. And he kind of has worked with Aaron. Aaron said, hey, speak to Sunny. So I kind of was speaking to everyone and I was like, guys, like you're all in the Midlands. Um, I love Birmingham. Any excuse to come up there, I will. Why don't we just like meet for lunch? You know, just casual. So we went to Boston Tea Party in Edgbaston, which is a really nice place to eat. Actually, I've got to give it a shout out. And we kind of had lunch. We all, you know, we really, really got on really similar mindset, really kind of um, aligned on our goals and our ambitions and what we want to do. Um, we had that lunch. And then my intention, by the way, was never to set this up as a mastermind. I just thought... I like getting people together. I like talking and I like food. So let's do it all together. This is my dream. Did this. And these guys are way more experienced than me. Like I am, I'm like, I'm like in, in nursery and they're like in university if we compare like levels. So I've got this incredible group around me. And then I think Sonny and Aaron came back and said, hey, guys, why don't we kind of make this official? And I was like, yeah, why don't we? Amazing idea. <laughs> kind of thinking, wow, how on earth have I just got myself surrounded by these awesome people? And then ever since then, we've been meeting up every month. Um, we haven't got an official name for it yet, but we do meet at Montague House, which is Shabazz's um, block of flats in um, Edgebaston. Love. When I walked into these flats, I, I literally said to him, will you design my house? Because they were beautiful. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, new builds are a bit yeah, quality wise, but he's got some flair. So we meet there every month kind of go through what we're doing how we can help each other how we can take this thing bigger and i guess it's got quite a bit of attention because a lot of people are kind of wanting to join it and jump in and we're we're sort of working on a way to share it because we all have different strengths so we're doing a little video series which will focus on like mindset fitness uh, health and well-being assets property whatever that we all marketing branding because that's our kind of areas of, of strength our strengths as such so you know, we're kind of, that's coming soon. It's very hard to tie five different entrepreneurs down at once in, in Birmingham. So we're working on that. But the beauty of it is I can put a message in the group and have something back instantly. I can send them a surveyor's report. I can ask them for a JV agreement. I can invest with one of them because I trust them and love them. You know, I can share deals with them. I can, I can do whatever I need to do with them and it's free. But I know that this, and this is a message for everyone who's new, you know, I haven't got a property yet. I'm still searching for my first property, despite many viewings, offers, things falling through. But I still offer value to these guys or else I wouldn't be in the group. And most people would think, oh, but like I'm new. What have I got to offer? Believe me, we all have value and something to offer. So people ask me, Ted, should I pay for a mastermind? Should I pay for a VIP? And I'm like, no, just make one yourself. Like I did it. I'm just a normal bloke. Like just, just go find some people. So, you know, in that sense, it's been... It's been priceless and I, I love him to bits. Aaron, I honestly, I hear his voice more than I hear my own girlfriend's voice, like voice notes <laughs> every day about all sorts of stuff. So yeah, people find people you connect with and, and naturally it, it, it will happen. So it's super important to me. Yeah, can definitely resonate with that. I think um, Matt's misses. I think, uh, yeah, Matt hears my voice and vice versa um, more than he hears his own misses. So yeah, <laughs> without a shadow of a doubt and I think that's a great point you raised and this is the whole point of having this series of you know successful people in property because a lot of people when they're talking about successful people in property they are saying you know look hey 
you know, I've got 25 properties or I've got 50 properties, I've got 100 properties. Well, yeah, that's fine. But it's also bollocks at the same time, because that doesn't necessarily define success because you could have 10 properties that cash flow a thousand. We could have 10 HMOs that cash flow a thousand pound a month and you've got cool 10,000 pounds. Great. Wonderful. You might have six buy to lets that cash flow 250 pound a month. You've got a, a you know 1500 pound coming in. And to that person, that might be defined as being successful. Now, you know, the reason you're here is because you take great action. You've set up your own podcast. You're really getting involved without a shadow of a doubt in terms of masterminds. And the perception that I would have is that is very successful and, and, and in the period of time you've done it. So just to just goes to show to, you know, anyone that's listening, you know, success in property is not necessarily defined by the amount of properties that you have it can be defined in in numerous different ways you know i really appreciate that and it's it's honestly wonderful and humbling to to hear it from a third party because it's very easy to say you know i haven't got any properties i haven't got five i haven't got seven i haven't got ten i've got a couple in it it's so easy to get caught up in that that actually you know like you said take a step back and reflect on the success that you've had otherwise and get someone like rob to tell you this because you're never going to listen to yourself. You're always going to say, oh, but I'm, I'm one more essay away from this. Oh, I'm one more deal away from this. Yeah, you're always one more deal away from something. But get someone, and this is a little tip, get someone to tell you this every week, every month. Step back, reflect, celebrate what you've done. And that, that's a little tip for people. Yeah, I, I do my personal uh, monthly updates on, on social media on the 13th of each month. I set my goals on my birthday, 13th of July, each and every year, you know, I'm publicly accountable for that. So again, on the 13th, you'll see me on, you know, Facebook, LinkedIn, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah, that, that is a, a very important thing to, to bear in mind. You know, when you get started in property, why are you doing it? What's your end goal? You know, and we're not talking end goal in two years time, you know, plan your life out to an extent. And, you know, if your aim is to get six by to let's, to get £1,500 a month net cash flow and you're happy with that, you're content with that, fine, great, no problem. If you want 10 HMOs, £1,000 a month, so per HMO, so £10,000 per month, great, no problem. If you do that in two years, well done. If you do that in 10 years, superb. Um, we just had one of the previous interviews with Kim Rains, who's been HMO investing for over 10 years. She's got, I think it's 10 or 11 in the portfolio, on average one a year, nice and consistent, nice and steady. If you want to go and do, you know, commercial conversions and, you know, land developments, and you want to have 15 different property businesses, become a multi-millionaire, have your Lamborghini and so forth. Great. At the end of the day, I'm a firm believer that, you know, let's take this imaginary ethical umbrella of right and wrong. I'm a firm believer that there is no right or wrong in property. Uh, and again, I mean, that as long as you're doing everything ethically above board, there is no right or wrong. There's no right or wrong strategy for you. There's no right or wrong in terms of how many you need to have so you know sometimes you do need to hear that and I, th- I think you've done a wonderful job personally um from you know where you were and where you are now and everything that you know you've achieved in between and it's about how you define that level of success so you know well, well done to yourself appreciate it well honestly thank you no, no problem at all well we do like a quick fire round on the property nomads podcast so let's uh let's start to wrap this up and a few quick fire questions what is the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? So it's it's going to go back to the first quote that you mentioned. And it's going to be, you know, Shakespeare or Epictetus or Aurelius essentially saying, 
nothing is good or bad, but thinking makes it so. And it's not advice. You know, Shakespeare didn't tell me himself. He may have in my dreams. Um, (laughs) But, uh, you know, that quote in itself, that alone has changed who I am as a person today. Let's imagine Shakespeare saying, Oh, Tej, where art thou? <laughs> trying to... <laughs> oh, but I'm like, trying to sleep, get out of my dreams. Like, that's what <laughs> Oh, that is brilliant. Uh, then, conversely, what is the worst piece of advice that you've ever been given? This is a really difficult one because if I've ever been given a shit piece of advice, I'd forget it because it's shit. So I can't answer because they would have just left my mind because I'm a very efficient person. And if something's not pointing you to where you want to go or getting you successful, positive or or something you need, I'll, I'll just forget it. Um, and yeah, I, I just forgot it, to be honest. Great answer. I love that. That's, yeah, spot on. Absolutely. Yeah, that's got me thinking, actually. If anyone ever <laughs> asked me, I might just nab that answer. Oh, wow. So true. So effectively in one ear out the other, because if it's, you know, um, oh, what's the phrase? Um, worthless advice is worth the paper it's written on or something like that. I, I don't know. Anyway, I'm rambling on. In the last three years, what belief, habit or behaviour has had the most positive impact on your life? Sure. You know, it goes back to sto- stoicism, being stoic, but I'm going to I'm gonna say reading The Chimp Paradox, which is a great book, um, especially the first half. That and kind of meditation and mindfulness has had a big impact because when we think about emotions, right, we they're not tangible, right? They're kind of... I don't know, I'm kind of looking up and out towards the ceiling and trying to look into my brain, but what are emotions? We can't give them a physical being. And when things are not physical or they're not personified or animalified, they're very difficult to control because it's kind of like, you know, someone says to you, oh, you know, relax, stop getting so angry, you know, control your emotion. You think, but what am I controlling? If someone says, I don't know, control a tap, control a volume, you know what you're doing. So when you think of your emotions as a chimp, And what that means is irrational, immature, quick to react, evolutionary thinking, carnal desires, emotional, and again, quick. When you think of it as a a chimp, you now physically have a little chimp in your head that you can, you know, put back in the cage. And chimps should never be in cages, just FYI, they should be in the the wild to run free. But in your head, they can be in a cage. Um, You put it back in the cage or you kind of beat it up a little bit or you let it run around or let it kind of bang on its chest. And then when you want to control your emotions, you have this physical thing that you can put back in a box, you can control and you can tell off. And then you have your brain coming in as the emotional, not sorry, the non-emotional logical computer. And again, think of a computer. It's very kind of binary. I mean, nowadays AI is changing that, but it's binary. And this belief has certainly changed me in the last six months, along with you know mindfulness and meditation, which allows me to empty my mind as much as I can and just kind of be empty and just feel, I don't know, the force flowing through me. Um, and mindfulness, you know, the app headspace, get it and put the five daily notifications on it. Not many people know about this. Let them pop up during the day, read them and act on them because it's like when someone, you know, if you open the app calm, it says, take a deep breath. I want to find anyone who doesn't take a deep breath when, when they read that. It's the same thing with Headspace. It breaks up your day five times a day, allows you to be mindful and think about what you're doing and take a step back more than you thinking you're going to tell yourself to do that. So mindfulness, meditation and the chimp paradox and stoicism have been the biggest influence on who I am today. I'll definitely make a note on on Headspace. It's an app that I've got, but I've not turned the uh, 
notifications on. So no, thank you for that. That's really useful to know. In your own words, then, what does the word nomad mean to you? Yeah, I was thinking about this earlier. Now, picture this, everyone. I'm going to tell a story now. I'm going to try and tell a story. You've got a desert, but kind of a Star Wars type desert. You know, like, like Tatooine, where it's kind of it's kind of a you know, Middle Eastern desert, kind of a few rocks. And you've kind of got a person in like a Jedi Knight kind of robe who doesn't carry much with them, um, doesn't really hang out with anyone, but kind of has little groups of nomad friends that they hang out with in, in different villages and stuff. And you, you can't really see their face. It's kind of covered. Um, and there's a real air of mystery about them. And they're known for traveling. You know, you're not necessarily going to see them in the same place and you're barely going to see them anyway because they're going to kind of... Moving the shadows sounds a bit dark, but they kind of are. And I don't know whether that comes from all the video games I play or all the Star Wars I like or or something, but for me, it's that kind of... That exiled Jedi thing is a nomad. That's very elegantly put. <laughs> that's my imagination, briefly for the listeners, for you. I've tell you, that's been absolutely fantastic. Andrea. Really, really thank you for your time and to share your thoughts you know, with us. It's been absolutely brilliant. If Apart from going to find Tej Talks, so people go and find the Tej Talks podcast. Apart from that, how do people get in contact with you? Absolutely. So firstly, honestly, Rob, thank you so much because I've been making very subtle comments all over my social media like, won't someone just interview me already? So I'm so happy that, you know, the gods have uh, have given you this message from me because uh, I've been waiting for this, my moment to shine. Um, so firstly, thank you so much for, for letting me kind of talk through who I am. Um, people want to get hold of me. It's Tej Singh. That's T-E-J, surname Singh, S-I-N-G-H. Um, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram is Tej Talks. I'm on Twitter at Exacity. That's E-X-A-C-I-T-Y. Hopefully, if you just type in Tej Talks, you should find me, tej-talks.com slash property, uh, tej-talks.com slash ebooks. Lots of free content out there from, from various podcast guests. But yeah, hopefully everyone can, can find me easily. Well, no, wonderful. Well, once again, thank you very much for your time and see you soon. If you like this podcast, connect with Tej on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube for more great content.